remember the child's I'm name. I'm just going to throw this out here right, right quick here. <laughs> if you've gotten so far in this podcast, there's Spoiler, spoilers. spoilers uh, like sorry. any book that we mention, <laughs> it is fair game for spoilers in this one because we yeah. can't talk about the ending without spoiling it. So if we mention a book that you want to read, I suggest you have that pause button ready mm-hmm. or look in the description. We'll kind of list the books we're talking about. Yeah, so sorry about that if you weren't expecting That's okay. um, the well, ending you- of the show. Welcome to the Book Jar Podcast, where both me and my friend Megan discuss book-related news and topics on a bi-weekly basis. How are you today, Megan? I am doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. I was going to ask you again. I just <laughs> I'm asked doing you. Good. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> That's the whole circles. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so how this works is each week we pull our next topic out of the book jar right here and discuss it. So last week we pulled out a topic that... Uh, I had us going around in circles a lot, so that, that was fun. I liked researching this one. It was uh, it was very instructive. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. First, we're going to talk about our most recent reads. Then we're going to go into today's topic. Then we'll be talking about our upcoming reads, and we'll end it off by pulling next podcast topic out of the book jar. So what have you been reading recently? I've been reading We Are All the Same by Jim Wooten, which, you know congratulate me in a second here is a biography oh my god i'm so (laughs) proud of you aren't you i'm actually proud of myself and i was actually looking forward to reading this one um this book you actually gave me probably like 12 years ago probably and i was just like "Mm, i'll put that away for another day and that day has arrived and so good it was so good it's like about a young boy from south africa who gets adopted by a woman because his mom is dying of AIDS and he actually was born with um, HIV and develops into AIDS as well. So it's not like a happy ending or anything like mm-hmm. that, but just like so they've accomplished so much in South Africa in regards to like oh, bringing awareness to AIDS and like right. children with AIDS and moms and like women with AIDS. So very good, interesting read for anyone who's looking for a good biography. Amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are you reading? I read uh, The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Mm-hmm. Finally. Uh, so, finally. <laughs> so I got it off my TBR, which is awesome. Yay. Um, so some takeaways from this book. Uh, it's a fiction book. It's a historical fiction book written um, in France in, during World War II. Um, so it starts right before World War II breaks out and then follows it right through to the end and then there's also kind of uh, a little bit, it's all, it's all happening in a flashback from a woman who's in her 80s, um, kind of remembering everything that happened. Uh, I would have loved a content warning on this one. I'll say that. So if you're going to be picking up The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna, definitely check out some of the content warnings. A lot of the ones that I can list right off the bat include uh, rape, sexual assault, um, lots of violence, death of children, death of a parent. So there was just kind of a lot of stuff happening. I don't think it was like handled poorly or anything like that. It was just one of those things where I had heard so much about how beautiful the book was. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't going into it being like, somebody's going to get raped. And then 
and then yeah that happened yeah. yeah and so that was a little bit it was almost jarring I kind of like it was kind of hinted at before it happened like it felt like something was gonna happen so I actually googled it so I did my own little content warning yeah. about midway through which I was happy about because when it did happen um that's like the one thing that really can bug me a lot mm-hmm. um so I was glad that I had given myself a little bit of pre-warning that it was coming yeah um the ending also I wasn't in love with I was in love with how it ended at the very end I wasn't how in love with kind of how everything wrapped up so like the climax was fine but the denouement or like the the falling action was felt a little bit forced in some spots Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm going to have more of this in our full review on Instagram. So if Sounds you're curious. curious about my full thoughts. I'm curious because I haven't read it yet and everyone else has in this world, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. So you can check that out in the coming weeks on Instagram at the book jar pod over on Insta there. Uh, anything else that you've read or, or reading? That was it. I was just proud of myself. I got through a biography in time. I'm, I'm, I am proud of you. I am also. So I did start another book. Oh, good which was um, The Anthropocene Review by John yes. Green. So I am not very many pages into that one, but it's it's good so far. Very John Green. This is the most John Green, <laughs> John Green book ever. <laughs> this is the most John Green book that John Green has ever John Green. So this is oh, fabulous. right up your alley. All right, so let's get into this week's topic. So this week's topic was courtesy of Alicia, who likes to make us work. I know. We've gotten a few from her. She uh, should be an English teacher. Yeah. Um, also courtesy of The Legend of Jen, uh, which was, what are your favorite types of book endings? Mm-hmm. So we had these examples, mm-hmm. you know, like resolved, ambiguous, unresolved. And we're going to be kind of focusing on six different types of book endings. Um, there are... Potentially more depending on your kind of scope of book endings and how granular you want to be about that. But these are kind of the main ones. We have resolved, unresolved, which is not to be confused with ambiguous <laughs> or open-ended, expanded, unexpected, and a tied or a tied back ending. Mm-hmm. So this is like a callback. Um, but we'll get to those descriptions in a second. So let's start with uh, resolved. And I know you kind of have the definition. Yeah. Ready to go. So resolved is kind of like it leaves the reader with no lingering questions or loose ends. So, for example, like your classic fairy tales, things with happily ever afters. Um, obviously, it doesn't necessarily have to be a happy ending. There's a lot of like, like Shakespeare's tragedies could be involved with that. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, any threads that were in the novel have been tied up and they're clearly and satisfyingly resolved. I would say like this is like, this is the ending of every novel, unless mm-hmm. otherwise stated. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, like this is sure. this is how we presume stories are going to end. This is uh, once upon a time to happily ever after, as you said. Like that linear mm-hmm. storyline is a resolved ending. Um, and like I know you have a, a couple of examples mm-hmm. you want to go through. I'm just going to touch on like a few things sure. that I love about it. So like I love resolved endings for when. I like fun books or really sad ones, like either end of the spectrum, because in neither of those cases do I want something to be like too drawn out or too harrowing or anything like that. And it does give you like a 
it always gives you a sense of, you know, completion mm-hmm. at the end. So, like, this is one of the reasons I love Jane Austen so much is, like, all of her books have a very resolved ending. They're very firm. They're like, and then they had three children and they lived <laughs> together until the end of their days. And it's like, yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah. That's all I needed yes, to know. That's yep. <laughs> um, Same with, you mentioned Shakespeare as well. Um, so, it just, the nice closure really gets mm-hmm. me on these. And I love other ending types because they're fun or authors have a lot of playfulness with them or they're just really interesting or you're not expecting them. But these ones are just, they're just so nice to be able to rely on. Yeah. Which, like, like hot take here, but Stephen King honestly has a lot of resolved <laughs> endings. Like, I know it like, <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense with, like, his genre, but... I was just thinking, like, The Shining, for example. Like, it's a horror movie, or a horror book, like, throughout. Yeah. But the ending is, it's a resolved ending. Because you have the antagonist, Jack Torrance, like, he dies. The hotel burns down. Yeah. And so it's like, and then, I can't remember the child's name. I'm just going to throw this out here right, right quick here. (laughs) If you've gotten so far in this podcast, there's Spoiler, spoilers. spoilers. I, like sorry. any book that we mention, <laughs> it is fair game for spoilers in this one because we yeah. can't talk about the ending without spoiling it. So if we mention a book that you want to read, I suggest you have that pause button ready mm-hmm. or look in the description. We'll kind of list the books we're talking about. Yeah, so sorry about that if you weren't expecting okay. um, the well, ending you, of The Shining yeah, in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old one. I think we'll be yeah, forgiven for that. it's a movie. different than the book but yeah so like and then there is still a happy ending for um his wife and his son who I can't remember their names at the moment but so I would say that like I can kind of see how like a book would be sad and have like a happy resolved ending or a book could be happy and have like a sad resolved ending yeah yeah absolutely so there is still versatility with it yeah and I would say like these don't have to be clear-cut endings mm-hmm. either like I'd say The Shining is actually a really good example where you you do have that conflicted feeling at the mm-hmm. end of like oh shit <laughs> like yeah <laughs> shit went down yeah. yeah but you still get to the end and you're like I know what happened mm-hmm. like that closure you know what is so yeah nice. exactly like it wasn't a happy ending for everyone involved but it was an ending yeah which I think is the main part of it um I do have another example. Okay. Um, and it's The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins, the prequel to The Hunger Games. Oh, yes, Games. the book that you're in love with. book that I love. I love me a Cornelius, Cornelius, if that's not even his name. Coriolanus Snow. <laughs> Clearly, I don't even know my lover's name. How embarrassing. Cornelius. Cornelius is so much easier to say, let's be honest. Yeah, but it, it's too ordinary. It's too ordinary. Him. I know. Um, but, you know, we all know... If you've read The Hunger Games, like, you know who President Snow is. Like, he's yeah. a piece of garbage. Like, he's not a good person. Mm-hmm. So the prequel in general was, like, like, you're hoping for the best for him. Because you're, like, he, like, meets this girl, like, kind of falls in love with her. They, like, have a thing. And you're, like, this is it. He's going to change his life. And you, like, know where he ends up. So it's, like, the ending of the prequel is a happy ending for Snow. And, like, mm. snow only. But it was just so well done and so, like, resolved at the end. Like, yeah, all these people that would have been, like, the heroic protagonist in another YA book died in this book. Or, like, had a crappy ending in this book. But mm. it's, like, it made sense to the book and to Snow's story that it was just, like, a well done resolved Yeah. Ending. And it's, like, there doesn't need to be 
another book to like describe what goes on in Snow's life yeah. or the other characters in his life because it's just it's complete and it's like damn that was good <laughs> that, that was, was a good, good ending that was a good <laughs> ending so, I it makes me want to read that book because I like how you explained it of like this like you're like cheering for him and then you're like oh shit yeah. you're the bad guy and it's so true like the whole book I'm like yes Snow like you're doing good things like at the beginning he's doing these things for a more selfish reason but then you're like oh no he's like starting to do it for this girl he cares for or these people he cares for and then at the end he almost like it seems like a regression of character development but it's like that's just him like that's that's him him. he's just become himself (laughs) i kind of love that yeah uh did you have another one you wanted to list for resolved or was that um, I do have another one. Um, okay. It's called This Is How It Always Is by Lori Frankel. Okay. Um, this one does follow um, a young boy. He's five years old. He goes by Claude. He's the youngest of five brothers. And um, he also loves, he wears dresses and dreams of being a princess. So when he grows up, he says he wants to be a girl. So Rosie and Penn are the parents of this family. And they want Claude to be whoever Claude wants to be. And they're just not sure they're ready to share it with with the world and Mm -hmm. and soon like the whole family is keeping Claude's secret and then one day that secret is revealed and it's Mm -hmm. kind of following the family and how they deal with all the consequences of you know like hiding so Poppy is um their daughter's name Mm -hmm. and so they're just dealing with the consequences of all their their whole family dealing with this situation and they go through a lot. Like, I don't want to reveal too much about it. I definitely recommend giving it a read. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last two chapters of the novel are actually called Ever and After. There's no happy in front of it. There's no, like, bad. Is there a bad ever after? Badly ever after. Badly ever after, no. But there's no, like, it's just, it's ever after. Meaning, like, these are the final final parts of this chapter of their life, yeah. I guess you could say. So it's like everything I would say works out and it is like a happy ending but even like the dad says in the book he's like this isn't the like ever after this isn't the end like there's still so much we're gonna go through together as a Mm -hmm. family and it's just like it's just everything that happened in the book was resolved but you knew there was gonna be other stuff yeah that makes sense yeah so yeah it's a good book I like that a lot um I mean, we could go on. There's lots of nice books that there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm like we could talk about that, that forever. Yeah, so <laughs> so we're gonna move on to the exact opposite, which is unresolved. Mm-hmm. So unresolved is exactly what it sounds like, which is it is a book that ends where you don't think it should end. There's some sort of cliffhanger. It could potentially end in the middle of action, mm-hmm. in the middle of a big plot device or a plot line in which nothing is actually really wrapped up and you're left kind of being like, wait, 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 like now what? Um, so I can't think of an unresolved ending of a book <laughs> that I liked that wasn't part of a series. Yeah. Um, and I know those are famous for pissing off readers as well. Look those cliffhangers, they get us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like lots of, lots of writers do this really well in terms of getting that unresolved ending for the series and there's a couple so like my name is memory we've talked about this before (laughs) it's staring at me um by Anne Brashares uh so that book 
was intended to be part of a series, but they she never actually wrote the the next book, although apparently it is coming out. There's some news there. But that book I remember reading and being like, this, this is awful. Like you could cut out the last chapter and it would be resolved and it'd be fine. But then the the last chapter leaves it this big question mark. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is always a danger, but like I've never read an unresolved ending that I liked that wasn't part of a series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. They're just, they're not satisfying. It just like, was the writer lazy or were they just like yeah. ran out of pages? <laughs> yeah, I like, I actually usually have this feeling of like, go back. Yeah. Go back and go tie up your loose ends, actually, yeah. ma'am or sir or yes. NB or whatever. Like, go back, <laughs> go back and do your work, please, because yeah, like, this is not complete. Do the writing that you set out to do. And like you said with uh, Mining This Memory, it's like, just cut out that last chapter if yeah. that wasn't the plan to do a series initially. Or like, yeah, exactly. Like, if, if you weren't sure that the next mm-hmm. one was going to come out. And I feel like a lot of even series books do that, where you're like, oh, that's a good place to stop. And then, of course, they have to add in a couple more scenes, and you're like, oh no what's happening to this character and then you're like cool I guess I gotta buy the next five books which actually I'll I'll add on to that like I think an unresolved ending is good when it's not new action Mm -hmm. right like don't give me the ending and then be like but then (laughs) like I want the unresolved to be like oh and still yeah right it's still happening there's still like maybe something's kind of wrapped up or like kind of tied down but like there's this end still question mm-hmm. of a greater plot. So um, Harry Potter and the author who shall not be named is a great example of that where, you know, there's just this over lingering plot, mm-hmm. but everything else was wrapped up. And it's really popular in the series. Sarah J. Moss does it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, famous, I think it was Emperor Empire of Storms, which ended... Phew, you know (laughs) but like it didn't feel cheap yeah so like our main character actually gets taken away by the enemy Mm -hmm. at the end of that book and you're like what but it was part of a greater plot yeah and it was just the ending of that battle Mm -hmm. and so it didn't feel cheap that that was how it was ended it felt awful to read you were like what the fuck Mm -hmm. excuse me but it didn't feel cheap, and that's not the feeling you want. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. It's, like, if you're just doing it for, like, like the surprise factor or, like, the... Yes. That's not the right word I want, but you know Shock what I mean. Shock value? Shock value. That's it there. <laughs> then it's, it's like... For. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you're on this podcast. Yeah. Thanks. Um, but, yeah, then it's, like, uh, well, that was kind of... You did me dirty there, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, you played me. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, so this is often confused with another type of ending, which I have famous, fam- famously, famous. famously loved, um, which is an ambiguous or an open ending. Yes, novel. this is classic one that we've uh, talked about a few times already on this mm-hmm. podcast. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, ambiguous is like any kind of ending that's open to your own interpretation. I yep. would say. Um, so, like for example, we both read um, the ones we're meant to find by Joan He, and we both interpreted that ending differently from each other which I think is so great about ambiguous endings is that you can read the exact same book as someone and get something different from it absolutely and I think the key here is that we both felt that there was an ending Mm -hmm. and we both felt very firm in our reading of it 
even though we knew that other people would walk away with different endings. And that is a sign of a really good ambiguous ending is like, we don't know exactly what happened. There was something that wasn't wrapped up, but it was obvious that there was a conclusion that you can draw from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we did a whole podcast episode already on just, just these endings. So definitely go check that out if you want more of those. Uh, when done correctly, these are my favorite endings, mm-hmm. I would say, actually. Like, I, I respect most of these endings. In fact, all of these, I'll say, I like except for Unresolved. Yeah. Um, but, but even that, in the right context, can be good. Ambiguous endings, when done really well, are the best. And ambiguous endings, when they're done incorrectly, are just unresolved endings and they are no good Mm -mm. so it's a very fine line so a couple great examples the giver Mm -hmm. uh gone girl by jillian flynn uh white teeth by zadie smith and as by its little black book of stories just has a whole bunch of ambiguous endings for the short stories in there so definitely check those out if you're interested and i just want to add like for ambiguous endings like it definitely like made me more involved as a reader as well because you kind of go back and you're like okay what were like those little hints in the story that could have like led to this ending or this ending and then so I know for me like you were talking about this earlier like you are more of an analytical reader and you kind of like look like look for these things of why you didn't didn't like a book or liked a book or whatever whereas for me I like I just enjoy reading to read but when I get like a good ambiguous ending I'm like shit what happened yeah like I'm like going through and I'm like remembering everything and you're just like more in tune to what are the character's choices and stuff like I would reread the book yeah to figure out to see if I also have the same opinion when I reread it right like did I miss something and it also it's such a strong move for authors to do because you have to have the attention of your reader Mm -hmm. and you have to have their sympathies and their they have to believe in those characters and feel attuned to those characters enough that they could actually get an understanding of the ending out, mm-hmm. which is what is so brilliant about an ambiguously ended book. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to, I'm going to jump into a different category though. Sounds good. So the That's exact good. opposite. Of an, <laughs> opposite. We're just doing, we're just opposite, doing opposite, opposite. 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 Someone's you could confuse with it. So mm-hmm. an expanded ending, which is the polar opposite of an open ending. It is, Oh my God, I want more information. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. These generally, although not always, um, include some sort of epilogue in which if you took out the epilogue, you still have that resolved ending. If you add on the epilogue, it's like all this extra juicy information. So I think actually expanded um, endings are one of the hardest to get right because okay. like ambiguous is the other way. Um, these are these are really hard to get right in a way that doesn't feel overdone. Whereas like ambiguous endings can feel very cheap mm-hmm. or like very unresolved if they're done incorrectly. Uh, expanded endings just feel like, oh my God, let it go. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> yeah. just, just stop talking. You're beating the, the horse to death here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Again, for Harry Potter, that was a lot of readers mm-hmm. experience with the epilogue was like, no, shut the fuck up. It's over. Mm-hmm. It's over. And so, like, that's kind of the feeling that you can get when there's an expanded ending that doesn't quite hit. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of examples, and I'm going to go into more depth on one. So, like, Lord of the Rings is actually a great example. Um, in the book, it's like, <laughs> where the, it's like where the movie ended. 
<laughs> and then there's a huge chunk, like 300 or something pages, not quite, but like, it's ridiculous. They go on a whole nother mini journey. Mm-hmm. And then they come back to the Shire. There's a whole bunch of stuff that oh. they have to do there. And then there's all this extra information. And I really do think it it was an expanded ending. Except it felt deserved because you had followed them on such a long journey already that, like, of course they couldn't just go home and return to life. That's not really a thing. So that expanded ending. And even then, like, you know, you have Frodo in the Shire and him realizing nothing is going to be the same and him having to leave. And that is a really good example. Also an expanded ending. Like, okay, like, we, they, he could have ended it there and just had him in the Shire just living his little hobbit life. But there was an acknowledgement that too much had changed and he had to push forward that ending. Mm-hmm. So that's a great example. I think another one, and this might be a little bit of a... This could fall in a couple of categories, but The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak. Um, so for those unfamiliar, this is a novel that takes place in Germany. There's lots to talk about World War II in Germany today. <laughs> um, during World War II, um, and it's actually narrated by Death, which is a, just a really cool device mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with today's topic, uh, who is personified as this being who's just exhausted with his job. Uh, Death starts to tell the tale of Liesel, who he calls the book thief, and her story of how she acted throughout the course of the war. Of course, it's more complicated than that, but I'm just going to sum it down. Um, it ends with an epilogue, and I would consider this a little bit of an unexpected ending as well. Um, the entire time throughout the book, Death is recounting how, how he took Liesel's soul. So you expect, or at least I did personally, that she was going to actually die during the war at some point. Uh, she ends up living through the war, having a full life, getting married, having children, grandchildren, and dying in her bed at like 70 some years old. And the epilogue is all about how he finds her sitting up in her bed, which is how all the best souls are waiting for him. Mm. And he actually sets down her soul so he can walk and talk with her. And they talk about, he talks about what he's like kind of seen and they they have this conversation. And the last line of the book is, um, and I can't quite remember the quote exactly, but it's something about humans haunt me or I'm haunted by humans. And I think that's one, one of the best mm-hmm. final lines in a book I've that's ever like, read. Awesome. Um, and like it works because this expanded ending was just a little bit extra. Mm-hmm. It helps complete the story. Um, but, and it gives us a bit of a twist, but also like it doesn't feel unexpected or cheap or anything like that. It just gives us a little bit of extra information about the story that we've been told. But everything had kind of already been wrapped up at that point. So he was like, wait, I didn't tell you about me going to get her soul. Like, mm-hmm. this is kind of like an extra thing for you. Um, I think expect, like that's where it works perfectly. And then I've seen authors fall into the, like, there's 20 extra pages. And yeah, you're and just like, stop. And I think, like, yeah, that's the thing with, like, epilogues or expanded endings. It's like, it's almost like the author just wants, like, like it's their character. So they're going to sh- tell you what they want to happen with their characters like for example like with the deathly hollows yeah it's like people like if she just ended it right before the epilogue yeah then we could be like we know they're safe and they're happy and they can do whatever they want with their life and now i get to imagine i can imagine that and it's that's what makes it special whereas like the epilogue was just like that's lame they're just like parents (laughs) (laughs) there's parents (laughs) 
a happy ending. Everyone was a parent. Everyone was a parent, and their children were all the same age yeah. and went to school together. Okay. Yeah. That's I think really another mundane. one that fell really flat for me was actually talking about Sarah J. Moss was Kingdom of Ash. <laughs> I The series was fine. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was a really easy read. It was action-packed. It was romance. It mm-hmm. was fairies. It was it was all this amazing. There was assassins. Like, it was great. <laughs> and then you get to the end, and it's like, there's a big battle. It's like, ooh, everyone lived. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, <laughs> it's like, that's suspicious, but I, I get it. But then it was, like, so much extra information about them, like, having dinner and them going their separate ways and them feeling sad about it and then making all these plans. And I was just like, it could have just been them standing at the edge of the battlefield realizing that they've all survived. Yeah. Like, that would have been enough for me. And then maybe you could have put in an epilogue of, like, 20 years later or, like, 10 years later yeah. or something. That and would I would have actually appreciated that mm-hmm. more then this whole big wrap-up, like, I was like, it's too much. Yeah. And I think, like, that's why, like, the Hunger Games trilogy is actually, like, a, has a good, I would mm-hmm. say, expanded ending. Because it's, like, you get to the end and, like, um, you know, like, you're, like, a, like the Hunger Games is over. Like, it's no longer going to yeah. be a thing. But then we still get to see a little bit of Katniss and Peeta's life and, like, what happens. But it's not easy either, right? Yeah. Like, it's earned. And I think that's what I love so much about. Because that was actually, it, like, just got cut off my list to talk about. <laughs> I was like, no, we're sticking to three. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I actually, the Hunger Games, I, I actually really appreciated that epilogue because it was, like, Katniss is still scarred. They yeah. moved on, but not really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. scars heal but not always it was like this like there was a greater harm yeah to what had happened and yeah i think that that's actually a really good example yeah and like i think in conclusion susan collins is a great writer <laughs> <laughs> not biased at no. all <laughs> i really love her and her endings apparently <laughs> all right uh let's go up to um Oh, that's a terrible joke that I'm going to make. It was such an expected thing for you to say. And now let's go on to the opposite, which is unexpected endings. <laughs> terrible. That was awful. I hate myself for that. Uh, well, unexpected endings are exactly what they sound like. So there are twist endings. They are, I didn't see that coming endings. Anything, any book that ends in a way where you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. what just happened? Um, I feel like these are somewhat tricky to get right. Um not not super like you you can be very unexpected obviously with the this type of ending so you can you get away with a lot more shit mm-hmm. um unfortunately some authors push that a little bit far like so they have a duzek machina or for those who don't know that's um uh a machine from the god or god from a machine which is just basically like a heroic thing swooping in and saving everyone mm-hmm. uh you can have somebody just do that. And then it's like, oh, look, unexpected. And it's like, okay, really, though? Like, was that really unexpected? Or was that, like, the author bailing out mm-hmm. the, the uh, characters? A um, couple examples of unexpected endings. So, like, Lord of the Flies does the Duzik Machna version. I'm going to go into the description of this book because there's a lot. <laughs> uh, so, by, uh, this is by William Golding. Um, for those of you who didn't have to read it in school... Uh, it has that moment where, so this boy's on a, 
deserted island. Basically, it's a lot more complicated than that. And then the basically like army comes and rescues them at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those moments where you're like, oh, <laughs> I roll. Yeah. You know, like, of course they just got rescued. It's just kind of like it's too easy. Mm-hmm. The the forgiveness that happens with Lord of the Flies is that's kind of the whole point is that everything that happened on this island got so out of hand. And then when they get rescued, it's like, oh, shit, because reality, like not reality, but society's rules and expectations and law and order have just stepped back in. And so that the way that these boys were living on this island in complete chaos Mm -hmm. is kind of like cemented in front of them like oh shit we really did that Mm -hmm. um so it like serves its purpose but it there is that moment where it happens where you're like fuck it's just too easy what are the chances yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um so i feel like this one can be cheap but they have to push it pretty far for it to be cheap Mm -hmm. and this is like i'm sure you have a lot of these because like mystery thriller suspense all those play right into it um, I'm going to go with a different one, though. So I'm going to say Hank Green's novel, An Absolute Remarkable oh, Thing. That's <laughs> a good one. Yeah, so in the story, we follow a somewhat self-obsessed and social media-addicted April May, who discovers a large robot sculpture in Manhattan. She makes a video of it and ends up going viral, which turns her into an overnight celebrity. Uh, throughout the course of the novel, novel, April and her friends begin to uncover the meaning of the robotic statue, which they named Carl. And how it connects to the 64 Carls who have shown up around the world. Uh, the book goes on to kind of explain how she fights to defend these Carls and uncovers their secrets. And it ends with her entering a large warehouse um, and live streaming on Facebook what she's finding there. She's expecting to actually meet or make contact with the Carls in some sort of live way. But it turns out to be a trap set up by people who think that the Carls are invaders. They don't like the work that April is doing. Uh, she actually ends up dying in this large warehouse fire. Uh, the last minutes of her life being live streamed and her realizing that the Carls are trying to communicate with her. And so she sends out this very clear instruction to everyone around the world to solve the mystery of these Carls. And urges them to complete this specific action, and then she's crushed shortly after by a burning wooden beam, which is <laughs> the most dead anyone can be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the story continues from Andy, who is a, one of April's friends, kind of perspective, and he kind of wraps up, you know, like, this is what happened after April went live on Facebook, and then at the end of the novel... Andy gets a text from April's number that says, knock, knock. And he goes to answer the door. And then that's where the book ends. And this could be an, this is a little bit of an ambiguous ending, obviously. But I like it as an unexpected ending. Because, one, what? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone across the world, like, saw her die, basically. What do you mean? Like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. It's very unexpected. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those endings where, like, yes, that could be an unresolved ending because you've just added in this new plot twist. Yeah. But I also think if if Hankerin had never written another book, which it is part of a series, but if he had never written another book, it would be like, ooh, that's interesting. I can still toy with this idea. And also, I love the idea that she somehow maybe got out or, like, mm-hmm. somebody took her phone. Or, like, there's so many different endings you could give that, but it was so unexpected. Yeah. 
So I, I really like that as an unexpected ending. Um, very good book also. Mm -hmm. So I know I just spoiled it for everyone, but you know, read it anyway. Read it anyway. Cause it's good. <laughs> and yeah, like I agree with unexpected endings. Obviously we know I've read a few in my lifetime. Yeah. And, but yeah, like they can be done bad. Like even without, you know, your God from a machine thing you talked about. <laughs> You're like, whatever that was. Whatever that was. I don't know. But just, like, in general, like, if the author isn't good at it, like, and doesn't have the right, like, hints and clues throughout the novel, yes. then it can be, like, that was unsatisfying. Like, you yeah. just added this twist or this, you know, you just had this suspect who turns out to be the real killer and they mm -hmm. just like showed up randomly like that's yeah. not how it works but when it that's why I really enjoy unexpected endings is because when they're done well they're so good and they just make so much sense and it's just like why didn't I see that coming yeah they definitely have to be earned mm -hmm. uh and that's where like a lot I think a lot of authors fall short I'm sure there's lots of this in the mystery genre that were like ha you didn't know who did it it's like yeah you didn't give me any clues <laughs> yeah at all just had this ominous character in yeah. the background and then all of a sudden surprise yeah actually <laughs> so this is a little bit of an aside and it's not books but there was a video game that did this oh which actually made me very mad it was called heavy rain mm -hmm. um and there was uh kind of an unexpected it's kind of like you're you're looking for someone you're kind of playing a detective and they deliberately misconstrued scenes so that you wouldn't know what was actually happening. And I got to the end and I was like, that's bullshit. Yeah. And so that was really frustrating. Yeah, that's frustrating. And honestly, like, like there are some good movies and stuff out there with unexpected endings and everything. But I can totally see when you have, like, a visual of the killer, like, everyone's going analy to analyze it. They're going to be like, what do their hands look like? Mm -hmm. Like, what's their hair cut? Like, what's their skin tone? And then you kind of, like, make a connection. Because there's only so many people you can have in a movie or a game. Yeah. But, like, that's why it's, like, a book's, like, just so much better in that sense. Because, like, they can... Just read books. <laughs> yeah, they can do that. They can do, like, the third person, first yeah. person, whatever. And it just adds it works to a little the, bit better. Yeah. Okay, and then I think we're on to our last one, mm -hmm. which is tied or tied back endings. Back, yeah. So... This one I, like, kind of forgot about until we started researching. Yeah. And basically it's just where we're bringing the story full circle. It's ending where it begins. Yes. Um, You know, usually kind of like those classic hero journeys, like with myths and folk tales, all of yeah. that stuff. Um, but the thing with these is, like, their journey should be, like, worthwhile for it mm -hmm. to end where it starts. Or else it's kind of like, what was the point? Why did yeah. I read that? So when it is done well, you're like, wow. I'm glad I went through this with yeah. this character. Yeah. Um, so, like, a couple or one, you know, very popular example would be The Outsiders yeah. by S.E. Hinton. Yeah. So, I had that one on my list as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to say about tied endings or tied back endings. Uh, I think they're, like, I have it written down. These are underrated as hell. <laughs> I do think they are. Um, when they're done... They can be done a little bit poorly and still feel good yeah. as well, which I think I really like about them. But it's also, it's also just, like, so nice that the journey was the entire thing. Yeah. It's not where they end up. It's literally, it has to be about the journey. 
And so one of my faves is The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. I, I think this has stuck with me because this was one of the first times in school that I had to read a book and I didn't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, just absolutely hate it for no reason yeah. just because you have to read it. Um, but yeah, this was one of those books where I remember reading and being like, oh man, that was so good. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, this follows Pony Boy Curtis who is a teenager and a member of a gang of greasers in the year of 1965 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it follows him as he encounters the other side of this world, the Soshas, who are everything that the greasers are not, rich, privileged, lucky, popular, and a little bit untouchable. So throughout the course of the novels, the tension between these two groups grow until Ponyboy's friend Johnny ends up killing a Soch and going on the run to hide out with his friend. Uh, this results in a full-blown war, like city-wide war between the two gangs, and ends up with Johnny deciding to turn himself in in order to kind of end this escalating violence. Um, as they're on their way to the police station, they notice that there is a fire, I believe, in a church. Mm-hmm. There's some children inside, and so all three, Johnny, um, Dally, and um, Ponyboy, decide to go in and, and help, and a beam or something ends up falling on Johnny and he becomes injured and ending up in the hospital. So when and he actually ends up dying in the hospital later and Ponyboy's other friend Dally, who was there with him, um leaves the room in a disarray and then goes on what is kind of assumed to be some sort of suicide mission by the end, um, where he robs a store and then seemingly intentionally gets himself killed by pointing an unloaded gun at the cops. Um he calls Ponyboy briefly before that and tells him what he's doing. And, and so Ponyboy is kind of put in the middle of this. This kind of all wreaks havoc on Ponyboy. Obviously, like this whole ordeal has kind of just like torn him apart. And it kind of ends with this scene of his English teacher of all things telling him, you know, you're going to fail this class. <laughs> and uh, she'll pass him if he can write something about a decent theme. Mm-hmm. And so he goes home and he begins writing and it's actually the first sentence of the novel, which was, when I stepped out into the bright sunlight from the darkness of the movie house, I had only two things on my mind, Paul Newman and a ride home. So that is both the first and last lines of this novel. The reason it works so well with this book is that technically Ponyboy is nowhere other than where he was at the beginning. He is literally and figuratively like at that same spot, spot, but emotionally and his maturity level has grown so much. So it becomes a total coming of age story. Um, and the themes that are talked about throughout the book, get cemented that much harder. So this is very similar to like resolved ending where everything is wrapped up. But because we're going back to the beginning, because we're pointing out that we're at the beginning again, you're. You're kind of forced to look at the journey a little bit more closely mm-hmm. and it works really really well with this book in particular because the themes are so strongly discussed and yeah it's one of those books where like yeah i i'm gonna just stop talking about it because no. i really like it but like no, i like that description yeah um if you've never read it i definitely check it out mm-hmm. i i'd say it's worth the read it's um it's also it's like kind of cute like the way that it takes place in like very Greece, yeah, era things, but it's definitely a lot darker than Greece for the sure. Movie. <laughs> for sure, and it's really yeah, it's just like really well done. It's like one of those things where it's like kind of relatable in a way because they are like young kids still, yes. and they are like 
like he is just trying to get through school and like have a better life for himself and all yeah that absolutely in the end. so yeah that was a really good description of the outsider Thank you. i feel very passionately about this book clearly i haven't read it in years either but neither no but it's just it's so good it's just one of those ones like when you say the outsiders people are like oh yes yes yeah. that's a good one most part i don't really know too many people that didn't like it but i'm sure there's people out there mm-hmm. um i do have another one that had a really good um kind of tied ending and that's the night circus by aaron morgan stern Yes. Um, which I bought you this book. I'm you, pretty sure. I think you might have, yeah. And, like, honestly... The takeaway from every podcast is I bought Megan. It's my whole... So many books. Bookshelf is just books I got from Marissa. Yeah. Which, you know, is good for my wallet. So, yeah. thank you. Yeah, Not so good on your wallet, but... No, it's okay. It's, it, they're, they're bought with love, so I don't even think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so a little, for those who don't know, it's about um, just a quick synopsis. So the circus arrives without warning. There's no announcements. Um, it is simply there. And so when yesterday, it was not. Within the black and white striped canvas tents is an utterly unique experience full of breathtaking amazements. It is called Le Cirque des Rêves, and it is only open at night. But behind the scenes, a fierce competition is underway. A duel between two young magicians, Celia and Marco, who have been trained since childhood expressly for this purpose by their mercurial instructors unbeknownst to them this is a game in which only one can be left standing and the circus is on the stage for a remarkable battle of imagination and will despite themselves however celia and marco tumble headfirst into love a deep magical love that makes the lights flicker and the room grow warm whenever they so much as brush hands true love or not the game must play out and the fates of everyone involved from the cast of extraordinary circus performers to the patrons Hang in the balance, suspended as precariously as the daring acrobats overhead. And I loved this book so much that so I literally, <laughs> so when she released The Starless Sea, I bought it and I didn't read any. Like, I bought the hardcover, like, as soon as it came out. And I, I still haven't read it because I'm so scared mm-hmm. because I loved this book so much. I know. It's so good because it was unexpected for me anyways. Like, when mm-hmm. I had it, I didn't really know what it was about, like, like kind of a cool concept of mm-hmm. like a circus like knew there was a little bit of a love story but like it didn't really play out how I thought it would and mm-hmm. stuff like I just really enjoyed it um but yeah so basically how it starts is the first sentence is the circus arrives without warning and then it also ends with one of the characters telling a story and it starts with the circus arrives without warning yes um and so the entire book itself I'll try not to spoil too much because it is like a newer-ish book and it mm-hmm. is a really good book. Um, but we do see kind of how the circus started, how our two main um, love interests like got involved in the circus, what their history is. Like we're following along this whole circus and then it flashes, I guess, forward like about 20 years or so and we meet like a young boy who also becomes involved in this circus. But he, you know, has no like, magic or like talents or anything like that he's just like a guy a little boy who decides to check out the circus yeah and he meets one of the there's these twins um widget and poppet i think are their name (laughs) i can't correct you on that because as much as i love this book it has been a while yeah it has been a while but anyways like cutest names anyways um so basically over time you notice that the circus is kind of dying. Like, it's losing its life. It's losing its magic. Yeah. And this all kind of relates to um, not only our two love interests, but there was, like, another woman involved as well. And yeah. she kind of, like, 
got rid of the protective spell of the circus. Yeah. So it starts to die over time. So we find out that this boy is apparently the one that can fix it. Yeah. And solve it. So, yeah, you just go through this whole journey with all these characters and the circus and, like, people start dying who find out the truth of this circus. Like, it's it's a whole thing. And I just was not expect like, I was not really expecting how it ended because the one twin starts the story, the circus arrives without warning. And so one can actually, the twin's magic powers is one can actually, like, kind of see the future. Yeah. And then one can, like, tell the past. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it worked. So it's like they're telling the story of the circus that we just read and we just learned about. And you're like, I know where this is going. <laughs> it's just good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to add to that. But it's just. It was. It was like the most. So I said at the beginning that there was like maybe some debate about whether these would all be considered different um, types of endings and, and whatnot. And whether there'd be more outside of this. And there would definitely be more outside of this because this is like to me, a sub-ending to a resolved mm-hmm. ending. Like, the only way that this works is when it is actually, like, a decently resolved ending. For Although sure. I think there's some ambiguity in, in in certain plots of that particular story, if I'm remembering correctly, that, like, definitely lend itself to more, like, oh, maybe this happened, but mm-hmm. this happened. But the, the thing is, is that it's so... It feels so complete that you can pull off the, like, it's being told again. Yeah. And I think also just because of the like magical atmosphere of the book in general and like, yeah, just how you feel reading it. It makes sense mm-hmm. to do that. And it's like with the characters that are involved that they need to have the story of the circus told to them to be like, mm-hmm. this is why it's this way. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Because like the characters don't realize it. Just us as a re- reader realize yeah. what's happening. So yeah, now you know it's all going to come, like, full circle. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I, I love that book. If you actually managed to, like, not really spoil it either. I know. I was like, how do I, I really want so people to really read this. So that's really interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, if you, if you're a fan of magic and contemporary literature and mm-hmm. some romance, but definitely not romance being, like, the focus necessarily, yeah. Um, enemies to lovers. Yes. Forbidden love. Forbidden love. All my favorite things. <laughs> uh, yeah. This 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 novel is is fantastic, and it deals with magic in such a nice way that it doesn't feel like fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it, it is because it does have that magic. Yeah. It's very like urban fantasy, but very yeah. it like it feels real, even though they're literally talking about magic every second word. If yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a good point. It feels real. Like, I was like, I wish I was living in this era and I could just, like, picture myself seeing this circus just coming out of nowhere and wanting to go there. Like, I just, like, I want to go to a circus right now. (laughs) Yeah, like, it was, like, it was, like, obsessive the way I, yeah, took over that book. I bought that book for, I literally went to the store and I I think I just cleared out their shelf and I was like, I will give this to people. (laughs) (laughs) That's how much I loved that book. I just, I kept ordering copies of it. To the point where I was like, at one point I was like, do I even have a copy still? Like, did I just give mine yeah. away? <laughs> um, yeah, tremendous, tremendous book. Um, so I have one final question, which is oh. going to be kind of the whole. So if you had to choose one. One ending? One ending. As your fave. 
as my fave, I would probably say resolved. Yeah, that's that, that's fair. Like that's a realistic answer because to the majority, I would say of books, and it's like I've read a lot of good resolved endings that aren't necessarily happy mm-hmm. or sad. Like they're all they can still be unique and different. Yeah, I'm gonna go with ambiguous, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> the least ambiguous answer. <laughs> um, but the or shocking answer for sure. I think that. Um, I think that those books, because of how they engage the reader, are so strong. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of them do them poorly, but, like, when it's done right, it's it's my favorite thing. I freaking love Ambiguously sure. Ended books. And, yeah, like, I definitely enjoy them, to be honest, like, the ones we're meant to find. I was just, like, made me appreciate Ambiguous yeah. Ending so much more. Like, I've read a lot in the past, especially, like, short stories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, at the time, they, like, more annoyed me than anything because yeah. I didn't really appreciate, like, yeah, like, behind, like, this This is supposed to make you think. It's supposed to make you analyze it. Ambiguous endings feel like how people talk about wine. <laughs> like, that there has to be, like, this cultivated taste for yes. it and you don't appreciate it otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're just drinking to get drunk or something, like, or even, like, coffee, Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you first have coffee, you're like, "How much sugar can I put into this to make it drinkable?" Yeah, and then and then slowly over time, like you can actually get like very good at tasting the different notes in mm-hmm. coffee and stuff like that. And I, I feel the same way about ambiguously ended books because, like, when you first encounter them, you're like, "What the fuck was that?" Like you're angry. <laughs> you're like, yeah. "Where's my sugar? Yeah. Where is all the flavor? I don't understand. It's bitter. It's gross. It's mm-hmm. disgusting." Mm-hmm. And then as you, like, read more of them or even as you get older and, like, like learn to appreciate them a little bit more, like, I feel like that's where they really shine because yeah. you start to understand, like, oh, it wasn't about the sugar. It was yeah. about, like, <laughs> yeah. the hints of cocoa or whatever, wherever <laughs> the analogy is going here. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'd say ambiguous. Although I do have, a, like, resolved endings are just really nice. Like, you're not wrong there. Um, I'd say my least favorite is other than... Uh, the unexpected would probably be the expanded. Um, just because they're usually not necessary. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I see that one messed up so often. I'm like, you should have yeah. stopped talking. <laughs> yeah, it's like, to, and to be honest, unless the ending was really good, and then I'm like, oh, I need to read the epilogue to just yeah. see what happens, then... Yeah, I'm like, why did, like, it's just more reading for me that, yeah. I, like, I could have, like, moved on to the next book. And, yeah, for, like, every example I can think of that I like, I can think of, like, three that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. The ones, like, like, again, like, when I do like it, it, it works. I'm, I'm like, going through it again. I'm like, all of these endings, if they're done well, it works. <laughs> it works. <It's> good. <laughs> yeah. If you're a good writer, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, that's our <laughs> takeaway today. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Um, what is your upcoming book list looking like? So I'm gonna be honest. I uh, kind of forgot to figure out what I wanted to read <laughs> That's next. Fair. You are going on vacation, so you are so, forgiven. Yeah, but to be honest, I am bringing at least. Yeah, I'm bringing my e-reader for sure, and there's a couple books on there. Okay, and hopefully at least one, like physical copy. Like obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna bring too much because we're going on a plane, and you know all that good stuff. All that stuff. I don't want to be over fifty pounds on my care- on my check-in you know yeah um so yeah I'll definitely uh think of something there's a few that I'm just like itching to get to so. mm-hmm. 
yeah, so I'm going to try to finish my John Green uh, book, and then I'm actually hoping to get through the books that you've linked me so I can Yay. return them, because otherwise I forget. That's fair. And then I feel bad, so I'm going to try no to rush. do that. Um, it's no rush to you. <laughs> it's a rush to me, so it's okay. Uh, shall we draw our next topic? Yeah, let's do this. Some ASMR for you. All right, so next podcast topic is best world building in novels. And I'd ask you what you thought about this, but you won't be here for it. No, I'm <laughs> excited for the topic to see what uh, you talk about it. Yeah, we will have a guest. Um, Alex Johnson will be Yay. on our next podcast. She's going to be talking about world building, apparently, with us. Although there is like a 5% chance we might go with a different topic. Uh, so just be ready for that, listeners. That's fair. Um you are going on vacation, so have fun with that. Thank you. Yeah. Any, um, I'm already thinking about this topic, so I'm, I'm distracted. Uh, any final thoughts from you? I don't think so. That was actually a really great topic. I like talking about all that stuff, and I'm actually more excited that we're having a guest on the podcast and also my vacation. That's all my mind is That's on That's right on your now. mind. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Jar Podcast. If you're still here, don't go anywhere. We would love if you could leave us a review. Helps us get the podcast into new listeners' ears. And other than that, you can follow us on social media. We have an Instagram account at the Book Jar Pod. Uh, so give us a follow there. Also, send us your topics if you want us to discuss a certain question because we are open to that. We'll add it to our Book Jar. And when it gets drawn, we'll uh, say your name and your question and talk about it as as we do other than that megan have an absolute fabulous time on vacation so jealous and otherwise keep reading and we'll see you next time bye